We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9-2 excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. We're talking NFL draft prospects and best ball roster construction and much more on this edition of Road of His Overtime. Now let's kick it off. Hello everyone, welcome along to Road of His Overtime on Road of His Radio, brought to you by the FFPC. As always, my name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm joined again by my co-host, the co-owner of Road of His, Mr. Sean Siegel, who is on Twitter at FF underscore Contrarian. We are into the off-season now, the off-season in full, uh, in full flight, I guess we'll say, but we are, as the NFL calendar goes, <laughs> it never really turns off. So we're starting to get ready for the NFL Scout and Combine, then we'll head into the draft. There's a lot of stuff to go on and talk about including the draft of course including some dynasty angles so lots of stuff to to talk about so i'm glad to be able to break that down with sean sean how's things how have you been over the last uh, week or so good good we've had a lot of exciting developments on the site we've got uh the scouting combine coming up and uh, i think for a lot of people this may be the most fun time of the year maybe even a little bit more fun than the draft itself because once you get to see how these players look in terms of the times that they can do in the 40 especially and then in the peripheral drills you get a sense of the athleticism and how it translates to the nfl kind of gives you that last piece of the puzzle uh, to go along with their production 
uh, as you're putting together your own board. So obviously the draft is going to give you opportunity. It's going to give you a sense of what some of these NFL GMs think. But for a lot of us, you know, once we have these athletic measurables, then we feel uh, pretty comfortable in putting these boards together and that, you know, putting together those rankings, getting a sense of how you want to uh, attack drafts, especially a few of these drafts that maybe do come up before the NFL draft. There are some fun uh, formats out there who uh, really do make you kind of put your money down on a guy without knowing what the nfl teams think and so the combine obviously one of the the most fun times of the year so definitely looking forward to that yeah and the combine obviously will make you make you know it can help guide your decision and how you think of those players but like you mentioned sometimes then you can almost make the decision on the player particularly in the dynasty league where unless they fall in the perfect landing spot you're not going to move them too high up or you're probably not going to move them too low down but if they have a, a combine where it's affected that can really affect that draft stock uh you know in terms of fantasy football as well so it's a very very interesting time of the year and uh, sean you mentioned it's been a, a fun time on the site uh, I, I haven't been tweeting much over the last couple of weeks but anytime i do it tends to be just uh retweet quoting the rotoviz tweet to say such and such is uh doing work on the site such and such has joined the team and uh, the team has just been adding more and more players uh that are just you know at the top of the at top of our kind of industry so i have to have to give you and the, the team their props for uh, gathering such a, a tremendous roster i'm super excited both for rotoviz radio and for rotoviz as we head here into this part of the season and really ramp up as we get ready for next season in the nfl so exciting times and exciting pieces going up there and we're going to break some of those down on today's show including some draft work from dave caven some of sean's stuff that's up on the site and a dynasty piece as well that is up there by curtis patrick so lots of stuff to talk about so let's jump right into it in the second quarter and we're going to talk about the rotoviz scouting index so sean the road of his scouting index it is dave caben who's rolling up with it here at the start of uh the kind of the start of the draft season i guess we'll call it and i know some people are in that mind frame for the last couple of weeks but i think over the last kind of week to 10 days is when it's really started to ramp up a little bit further um and dave will be doing the second version of this uh, a little bit further down the line but in the first version uh, some interesting takeaways what did you find in terms of how the scouting index is put together how it's going to work do you want to break that down a little bit for the listeners yeah so the rsi aggregates and compiles nfl prospect rankings from a variety of the more traditional scouting outlets and that gives us a sense of what the traditional football community is thinking about these players and we can certainly see that while those rankings don't exactly match up to draft it gives us a sense of where these players might be taken a little bit later and we can kind of contrast that with our uh, evidence-based ideas or our metric based projections and it allows us to bring in that extra element or just you know see where conflicts might be if you want to look at it that way and so we'll start with the running backs here i think this is perhaps the position more than any other that folks are going to be really excited to see uh, just how fast these guys are next week and one of the interesting things in terms of how it broke down in this first edition was that you had the bigger backs at the top the big name guys in that category and then the smaller backs in the second group so we have damian williams at the top Uh, he's sort of the number one and has been the number one although i think that as we go through this process he is going to, to end up falling in part because of his teammate josh jacobs who doesn't come in number one 
in the RSI, but he does have the highest average rank. So Dave allows you to look at a couple of different ways of calculating this based on the number of sites the person is is ranked on that kind of thing. So we have those two Alabama backs really at one and two. Behind them, David Montgomery, who doesn't necessarily have all the, the production measurables that you would want, but it's sort of a cult favorite. Uh, Benny Snell, big producer. It'll be interesting to see how athletic he is, if he has the NFL athleticism to really get that high draft position that would make him an immediate fantasy factor. Then after we move from those guys, we have these small backs and the small backs to me are interesting, right? We had Christian McCaffrey with the huge season last year. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the moment, but we also see the NFL moving in a direction, not where the big back is going to go away. Certainly these big backs with speed or big backs with agility, those guys for the most part are going to be the superstars. But I think in a draft like this, or perhaps you don't have stars with the bigger backs. Now, maybe you've got some guys who can come in, you know, who can be a Mark Ingram, where if you're in a great offense, you know, you can kind of be the grinder. Uh, really, a number of these guys, we've got a couple of Alabama backs, but I think that the big backs in general, they kind of fit that Alabama profile where, you know, go to the NFL and, and perhaps, not that they're not very solid, successful NFL players, but, but certainly not stars. And I think in a draft where the big backs are not stars, then these smaller guys get even more interesting. And we have a cohort of small backs in this draft that were fantastically productive in college. And so then, you know, what we have to see is, is just how fast are they? So Henderson up there pretty high actually sneaks in with the big backs and then Singletary, Travion Williams, Justice Hill, Bryce Love really falling to the bottom of this group with both the poor final season and that injury that he may not be ready from for quite a while. So anything in either of those groups that jump out at you, whether the this sort of uh, split between the big backs who are at the top, the smaller backs in this section, or any particular players who uh, you're really looking for their combine performance or you're already targeting in drafts you're doing yourself. No, the thing that always interests me at this time of year, and we see it every year, particularly with the quarterbacks, but usually at this stage of the season, we have, you know, there, there's a running back coming out. You know, we've had Zeke come out, and I know Leonard Fournette hasn't really delivered on when he came out, but he had the hype. Uh, we obviously had Christian McCaffrey coming out, went high in the draft. We've had Todd Gurley. We, every year, we've kind of had that player, and we had like Barkley last year. There's always going to be somebody who's leading the way and last year in fact we had quite a few that were you know talked about as first round picks this year it's a little bit quieter at the minute but i'm always interested to see which players that you know have a big week next year and really spike through the the roof and then which players have uh, a poor week and you know that drops them down a few from a few years ago you remember the the dalvin cook and the leonard Fournette angle and how that changed uh, pre and post combine so I, i'm always interested in that part and one of the things that i like that this here is going to help do is the series uh, shows up is it kind of it cuts out all the noise of what's happening and it really helps to you know check anyone's bias and that's what i always love about the apps like we might have this player that we start to get a little bit ahead of ourselves on or somebody who we might not like but the app or the the road of his information is going to keep telling us you know have a further look at this part of the information and in case you're missing something and it helps keep everything in check and i think coming into draft season and even after draft season when these players are drafted it's very important to keep yourself in check a little bit that you don't go too gung-ho in certain players because you can start to get a little bit uh, ahead of yourself and you know keep keep confirming your own biases so i think something like this is going to be great for that and i think as you mentioned it's a good point as well with there not being as many uh you know 
real star names at the top end of the running back class i think we could see a year where we kind of had been on trend to prior to those names that i mentioned where running backs were going you know in the second round third round and they weren't as much at the, the top end of the board and i think with that and with how teams are starting to try and use pass catching running backs and i know they've been doing that for the last kind of 10 years and implementing them into offenses but we've seen more and more ways where if you can catch out of the backfield you they're starting to split players wide we've seen it with duke johnson even though his usage hasn't been what we would have probably liked we've seen those players get those opportunities so i think uh, it's gonna be an interesting draft to see how it all shakes out and at the moment like i mentioned with the players values i think we could see a very very big change in value over the next kind of uh two months even pre-draft and then post-draft as to, to where it goes the, the running back position for me i think there'll be big shakeups. it's very hard to kind of guess what their values will be when it comes to kind of august time do you think we're going to see that kind of uh kind of wave or a, a kind of motion of change throughout throughout this process with where these players are going to be valued i think so it'll be interesting to see if we do have a star emerge and, and probably not a star at the level of those guys that you mentioned but someone who might sneak in to the back end of the first round uh you know we're going to have a couple of guys in the second round here you also mentioned what happened with Dalvin Cook and Leonard Fournette and how the combine really hurt them, at least initially, or at least in the social media community. Uh, Fournette has not produced at the NFL level, again, partly because no. of injuries, which were already a concern. <laughs> Cook has flashed when he has been healthy, uh, but they still managed to overcome what were at least mildly disappointing combines. I mean, we, we end up with very, very high expectations, in part because the true stars – uh, very often do come through with these fantastic performances this group of running backs i do not believe has the profile to where any of them can really sustain a, a bust combine right so we're looking more at a situation where we may have sort of samaje pirine types of players to where you know if they don't have nfl athleticism you know they're going to fall down in the draft and then already be in a somewhat difficult position when it comes to you know can they work their way into a starting opportunity and that's one of the the ways in which i think that moving down in drafts this year and targeting those small backs it's going to be difficult for the small backs to jump too high in drafts but we may have more of the Heinz kind of player for this season where these guys are still probably going to go third, fourth, fifth round. But if you get them in the middle of the second round of your rookie draft, they may be the guys who emerge. Now Heinz obviously had, you know, mixed results in his first season and, you know, so much of, of his value going forward is going to depend on what the Colts do again this off season. But as opposed to targeting those first round rookie backs this year, in terms of first round in your, you know, your rookie draft, not the NFL draft, then I think that probably is going to put you uh, in a little bit more difficult position, especially when we contrast it to these wide receivers. Now, there isn't necessarily a Calvin Johnson in this draft. We may not see a wide receiver go in the top 10. Uh, we do have some guys who probably are better than some of the recent you know, top 10 draft wide receivers, but this is a, an interesting and deep draft in terms of intriguing wide receiver names. And so we move to the, the, rotavis scouting index list of receivers we have dk metcalf who has the number one average rank he falls quite a bit because of the way the calculation works and, and being left off a couple of these systems which which already is interesting for these scouting sites but then 
The top receivers after that, we have a tie between A.J. Brown and Nikhil Henry, Harry, who both of those guys are big, productive, and it will be interesting to see where they go because there are some questions about how their size speed profiles will translate to the NFL. And then immediately behind them, we have a bunch of the big names in the scouting community, guys like Kelvin Harmon, Marquise Brown, Debo Samuel, and a lot of depth in there to where Jordan Hoover, who does our prospect rankings and has done a fantastic job with those. We talked about them on the last show. His number 10 overall prospect is number 10, just at wide receiver alone in the RSI. So number one, I think that gives you an interesting contrast. Number two, it shows just how deep this wide receiver group could be. So I'll ask you the same question again. There is a particular guy, maybe the Rotovis favorites in Brown or Harry, or perhaps some of the scouting favorites who are favorites in part because folks believe they may really put up some blazing numbers uh, at the combine. Anybody you're particularly looking forward to in this wide receiver group? Yeah, you mentioned Brown and Harry, and uh, you know, in terms of the two of them, uh, they would be the two I'd be putting at the top. DJ Metcalf is getting a lot of you know a lot of the publicity, but uh, those two guys would be two that I'm interested to see how they perform when it comes to the combine. And I, I meant this is the point I meant to make when I started with the the running backs, but I think it fits into the same category with the receivers. And it's each year when we've had those stars well we knew they were coming but we've seen like say for example last year the quarterbacks people were talking maybe it's not the best year for quarterback and then as the draft gets closer we have the combine then we have the pro day next thing we're talking about you know three quarterbacks in the first round last year was a bit more of a leap where we had more than the three Uh, but it could be the same situation this year but with the running backs and with the wide receivers and that combine sometimes really catapults expectations of a player and what people expect and uh probably somebody who going back that probably done that more than anyone over the last probably 10 years i think uh, when you look back to tavon austin and you know his performance at the combine and pro days and how he was drafted then by the rams so sometimes it can you know put people's expectations out of sync so that, that's why when i was making the point about ignoring some of the noise and trying to make uh, a more kind of unbiased view of it i think that's why this series is going to help us but uh i think out of, out of the ones that you mentioned um i am biased myself but the, the two road of his uh, favorites Aaron brown and harry are, are, are top of my list i'm interested in that second group that you mentioned as well with uh, samuel and brown and Harmon uh, to see how things shake out there i think like every year there's going to be obviously some values particularly in dynasty where these players can go you know second round values in dynasty and i think that makes uh, some very intriguing prospects because you can even look back to uh, where last year's draft class of wide receiver went in dynasty leagues and you look back to somebody like calvin ridley uh, you know and how his value because of the running backs was affected and uh, you know some some good values in the mid to late first round with him so we could see some values again this year because it's not as set in stone with the you know the wide receivers and the running backs at the top five kind of a dynasty draft it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how those shake out yeah and you mentioned avoiding the instinct to sort of over adjust your list and one of the things that we've had a lot of information on on the site over the past uh, five years is how at the running back position these combine results matter or not the results themselves so much as just the athleticism that they reflect that speed for the running backs is a big big deal in terms of what it tells you about how they will translate to the nfl the same thing is not true at the wide receiver position where athleticism tends to be 
overvalued and overdrafted. And so one of the things that I'm hoping for, you know, from players that either I own in Devi leagues or guys that I am hoping to target this season is simply that they'll do well enough that they won't fall in the draft, right? So even though we know that for the most part, these results are not going to tell us a lot about how good they are at the NFL level, they will influence where the people are drafted. And so from that perspective, we want our guys not to fall too far you know you have someone like a juju smith schuster who has an average combine you know falls down in the draft somewhat still is in that area where he has the early opportunity and as a result becomes a tremendous value so brown harry some of those guys if they fall into that group that would be perfect Um, we do have the freak score that we talk about quite a bit because that helps you project how they will score touchdowns at the nfl level so it's not that this is completely beside the point this height weight speed ability of the receivers you know only makes sense that's going to translate into some red zone prowess Uh, this is professional sports after all and those bigger faster guys not only are more difficult to cover in general but especially in the red zone where the most important plays of the game occur you know that profile makes a difference so we'll be looking for those kind of things and you know, hopefully some of these small guys, the one area where the speed really does also come into play is for the smaller players. Now we have seen how people like John Ross, Tavon uh, Austin ended up really getting up there, getting overdrafted. Even with that being the case, we do want our small wide receivers to show big time speed. Brown, for example, is someone where if you're a believer in him, you want him to run fast at the combine because the small guys, they need to be able to really separate at the NFL level. So those are the few of the things that we'll be looking for from the NFL combine. Allow me a brief second to tell you about our friends over at the FFPC, the home off-season long high-stakes fantasy football. While, as I mentioned, it is the off-season for most people, it is not for the Rotoviz readers, the Rotoviz listeners, or the players over at the FFPC. If you're a diehard who's already, who is ready to draft now, the FFPC best ball leagues are already open for the 2019 season with leagues farming daily starting at just $35 per entry. Are you a fan of Dynasty Football? And we'll be talking about that as the season progresses as well as best ball uh, over the last few years the ffpc has become the go-to destination for serious dynasty players they now have almost 300 active dynasty leagues starting at just 77 dollars and even have five thousand dollar entries dynasty league so it's uh, it's getting very very uh, high stakes over there as well so uh, with that the best part is not a single dynasty league has folded in nine years limited orphan teams are available for purchase right now and brand new startups are starting daily don't miss out on the FFPC experience. Head over to myffpc.com and register now. That's myffpc.com, the home of season-long high-stakes fantasy football. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion.
It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at $15 for adults, $10 for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829-92 to excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. So, Sean, with obviously we mentioned the FFPC there and uh, what the best ball league's going on, we're going to talk a little bit about best ball now and we're going to look at the article that you posted this week. You talked about player win rates and, you know, some of the, the biggest mistakes that are made by drafters in best balls, uh, particularly in, uh, you know, <laughs> pretty much every year. But uh, looking back to last year, and we kind of talked about it um, in the preseason last year, it was it's always part of the kind of strategy and it's to have a con- contingency based kind of draft to try and uh, help things in case sometimes things aren't always going to work out in those early rounds but what was some of the stuff that uh, you wanted to, to point out out of the out of the piece since since you are the author you can have the floor well this was really an exciting day because yesterday we released the new best ball tools from the site these were de- designed by mike beers who is a big name in the best ball community obviously someone who has been involved with the site in the past and these tools allow users to track adp to track their individual exposures and you know those are some key things for people who are going to draft in volume uh, have that kind of availability in an app But for me, one of the things that is the most fun is that Mike also has the Roster Construction Explorer available to us. So we can look at how drafts have gone in the past and what types of builds, what types of constructions allow you to win and what types of constructions really kill your chances, right? So, but before we got into that, I wanted to look at the, some player win rates from 2018, right? Really start with the basics, work from the ground up. I'm going to do this series that is the best ball workshop where we go piece by piece through all of the different elements of building a best ball team. And one of the the first ways to start is just to look at, at what happened last year with players. I mean, players are are where the fun is, you know, that's why we do it is we all want to get in there and draft our guys. And so, you know, looking at the top five players in win rate from 2018 gives a sense of of why it was such a great year for rotaviz because these guys were people we really promoted on the site christian mccaffrey number one uh, we talked about him a lot you know i I told you as the season began last year to do whatever it took to get mccaffrey uh there was a lot of talk about alvin camara we love camara by the time the the drafts for redraft right before the season were going he had gotten insanely expensive and so the idea there was that McCaffrey was going to be the guy, but better. And this is exactly what we saw, a win rate of 27%, which easily led the way. Then we had James Conner, who was on our handcuffs, who could be RB1s. Patrick Mahomes, obviously, frequent listeners of the show are probably, um, well, no one's fed up with with anyone talking about Patrick Mahomes. Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is, is the demigod. He's the hero. Uh, I think it's going to be a long time before anyone gets tired of him. Number four, James White on the zero running back list. And number five, Juju Smith-Schuster, who I mentioned a second ago. And in the second year breakout article, we talked a lot about the evidence-based argument for him to actually still be a value even up high 
right? And so the projection system that's based on the research we've been doing since the site began said target Juju Smith-Schuster, avoid Corey Davis, and both of those things worked out quite well. He was number five in win rate. So we have the top 10 here. Five of them are running backs. That's kind of the interesting thing that we... I led the article off with anything from this top 10 list that really jumps out to you. Well, the first thing is that I think uh, soon this show will be changed to the Patrick Mahomes podcast uh, just for the for the title alone. But um, the other part is the one that stood out to me is James White because if, it was kind of a season of two halves. The first half of the season, he was just, uh, you know, d- dominant. He was heavily involved in the work game or in the, in the passing game. Then when the Patriots kind of started to get Sonny Michelle back and then when they got Burkhead back it kind of phased him out a little bit he didn't have the same usage so it's interesting in terms of he has had the same kind of consistent pass usage um, over the last kind of three years but when most of his usage seems to be coming when other players are injured and that, that's the part that it's going to be interesting to see how he uh, is responded to when it comes to draft season again this year the other part that stood out to me is when you look down through the list is that there's two tight ends in the top 10 and uh, obviously you know there's always the talk about taking a tight end early in drafts should that happen should you build your team around it with two of them in the top 10 how does i, I and i know that last year we were advocating gronkowski and you know we weren't afraid of taking that tight end early um what has it kind of reinforced your thoughts on the tight end position heading into best ball season or has it you know adjusted your thinking it, it, that two in the top 10 was part that uh, surprised me a little bit it has it has and, and we'll do a little bit of a sneak peek for a future article here talking about the roster construction explorer where it's interesting because right now in the early drafts that are going on uh some of these drafts are featuring very very early tight end picks and uh, when you break out the roster construction explorer you look at the builds from the past and you find that people who drafted tight ends in the second and third rounds had win rates that were way above average contrast that with people who drafted tight ends in the very first round and the win rates were way below average now even though that's a large sample of drafts it's actually a fairly limited number of unique events that really dictate that because we haven't had a lot of tight ends obviously drafted in the first round. So if you draft a Rob Gronkowski or you draft a Jimmy Graham and they do well, then you're okay. It it just doesn't represent a lot of different individual player seasons. So we don't necessarily know that if they had an injury plague season and it crushed your best ball uh, chances that that necessarily predicts what's going to happen in the future. We do have a, a better sense that some of these early picks. So Last year, you get Travis Kelsey, you get Zach Ertz. Even though you had to pay a decent amount for them, they still had very high win rates. And that was what we were advocating last year. It's what we'll advocate again. I do think that once you start to to move up into that first round, it gets a little bit trickier because you're having to pass on some players at running back and wide receiver who are also very valuable in terms of building that foundation. And Uh, One of the things that's going to be interesting in a second as we continue our discussion here is that we're seeing some of these tight ends go ahead of very, very good wide receivers. And so I I think that when you are having to make that choice, it becomes a little bit more difficult. So I mentioned this idea of we have five of the top 10 players were running backs. And so the first thing that you think to yourself is, okay, well, maybe I do want to build at the beginning of my draft around running backs. 
Except we start to look at it a little more closely and we find out that several of those running backs are actually zero running back targets. And so then maybe the better way to ask the question is, well, out of these high leverage rounds, these incredibly important rounds where you build your foundation, what were the win rates like in the top 48 picks, right? So we can look at the players in that group and suddenly we see a different picture emerge. We still have Christian McCaffrey at number one, Saquon Barkley at number two among the players drafted early, but then we find only four total running backs work their way into the first 16 players. And in the bottom 16 players from this group, we see that 12 of them are running backs, including the worst seven. So in the first four rounds last season, the worst seven players in terms of win rate were running backs. Which obviously that raises the question of if if running backs were really torpedoing a lot of owners last year, how does that affect team win rates? And is there a way we can look at it and see whether or not um, you should be going running back heavy or wide receiver heavy in these early rounds? And that's what we're going to talk about in the fourth quarter. So, Sean, just before we really do jump into that uh, in, in this quarter, um, the interesting part as well, you asked about things that stood out. I, I think if you look at it uh, with Tariq Cohen, I think I think it kind of has, maybe it hasn't, but I think it's kind of got under the radar just how good he was and the opportunities that he was given last season. Um, and I think that at the moment, he, he, he I think he's somebody who's going to be a huge value uh, heading into the season. Do you think he has kind of slid under the radar just as to what he did? Maybe because people couldn't there were certain weeks where he, he wasn't usable but we'll see what the bears do in the draft and free agency but is he somebody that is likely going to be on your target list as we get closer to the season he's tricky because he really fits into that area where as soon as you start moving these running backs into the top three or four rounds then the risk jumps substantially and the reward becomes a lot trickier so you have someone like cohen he was a huge weapon last year he was someone uh that we talked about on a variety of the podcasts when i was on the report with hassan and blair we talked about him and mentioned how he was going to be a a top running back was going to easily defeat jordan howard in terms of the battle for uh, not necessarily touches but for points in that backfield but where i was drafting him myself it was always tricky because he was always sort of on that border to where he would become a good value if he moved down below those key wide receivers he would be a trickier value if he moves up into that group where you have to draft him instead of that you know last wide receiver that builds your perfect foundation and so looking at the adp for early 2019 i think he's going to be tricky and it will be interesting to see it the bears are a very intriguing team in terms of how they develop are they going to take it to the next step next year is trubisky going to be that little bit better will Allen robinson be healthier and actually look like himself or will he be a very sort of bland uh, secondary type wide receiver will they get burton more involved do they transition even more away from the pounding with howard and try and make those touches uh, even more valuable to the team take a few more of those away and you know they had some good peripheral players they've got some speed guys that can stretch the field but are they going to add one more big weapon a little bit like what the rams have done to become this team that is virtually unstoppable i think if they add that extra big weapon then you start to look at the team overall being more explosive so you have more red zone opportunities you may have more touchdown upside 
but the volume could get tricky for the individual players in that offense yeah no that's exactly the way i feel about it as well but i i just think he's a he's an interesting player if he just could get a, a little bit more of a, a bumping opportunity um I, I think he could uh, have, a, have a real impact um when we look at it then we're looking at the uh, roster construction explorer um you've obviously been playing around with it uh, a little bit um i haven't really got into drafting it so i haven't been uh getting getting my hands on it as much but you you've been seeing it behind the scenes as well um what are some of the things that really stand out as uh, extreme bonuses to to the users off, off the app okay so one of the great things here is that you can set up a variety of different settings in order to look at the ways you can construct your roster so for example if you want to look at a team that has you know all the teams that have two quarterbacks three tight ends and two defenses you can see what the win rates were there if you want to decide whether or not you're going to draft running backs early or wide receivers early but you only want to use teams that have realistic constructions so they're somewhat unusual but in any given best ball draft you may have two or three teams that do really strange things and not surprisingly the win rates for most of those strange things are very low and so you could you could exclude those types of constructions from your overall sample if you wanted to do that you don't have to right but you can look at whether it's better to have two tight ends or three but not only that you can look at whether it's better to do it if you draft tight ends early or draft tight ends late because there's going to be a difference there you can decide if you want two tight ends or three based on whether or not you start running back early or wide receiver early. Now, some of these things are not going to necessarily make a difference, but the thing that's so awesome about the RCE is that you can go in and explore that and find out for yourself which things make a difference and which things don't. But going back to our question here, sort of our theme for the, the second half of the show, and whether we should start running back early or wide receiver early, we can put in just very simple start starting settings and say, okay, let's look at all of the drafts where a player took their third running back in the fourth round, you know, by the fourth round. So running backs in three of the first four rounds, we can contrast that with all of the drafts where a player has taken three wide receivers in the first four rounds. And so we go back through the last four years, you know, we have over a hundred thousand different teams that we're looking at and the thing that jumps out to us then is that a very clear result emerges where we have these running back heavy teams have a, a win rate of only 6.7% and an average score of 2180. And you contrast that with the wide receiver heavy teams, which have a win rate of 9% and are averaging a little over 2200 points. And so when you're talking about that point disparity over that many drafts, you're looking at a big difference there. And then especially when you're looking at that large of a win rate. Now, you may be sitting there thinking to yourself, well, a 9% win rate doesn't seem that great either. And that is a good point. And that's one of the things that is so awesome about the RCE is that in future lessons, we'll go through and we'll look at ways to really make that jump up. And one of the things, you, as, uh, as you alluded to early in the show, perhaps how you draft tight ends makes a difference. And it does, right? But just this simple question and this very controversial question, certainly, you know, people talk about zero running back. It's not particularly in fashion right now, in part because 
of these win rates that we saw for Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley. And if you look at early drafts right now, what you're going to see is you're going to see Barkley, McCaffrey, Gurley, Kamara, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. You're going to have all these stud running backs come off the board at the beginning, and then you're having the wide receivers fall, the wide receivers fall, the wide receivers fall. Now, that's not necessarily a problem, right? Because if you're drafting one, uh, three wide receivers in the first four rounds, that does give you the option of another position, and it could be one of those stud running backs. But certainly these results are telling us that if you start with that stud running back, don't go back to the well, right? Don't go running back, running back, running back, running back, uh, some formulation like that. Because historically, the results for that type of team have been very, very poor. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, Sean, when you you know when you can break it down to those simple formats. And you know, you mentioned that well, nine percent doesn't seem like a lot, but you know, you're averaging pretty much one in every ten drafts. It's a it's a win rate. And you also mentioned about the running backs um, at the top end. And again, we looked at the uh, win rates from last year, and then two of those guys, and both Tariq Cohen and James White, were nowhere near those first four rounds. So it's about finding those values and we talk every year about you know kind of zigging when people are zagging and you know finding the values and where they are and i think we talked about it a couple of times so far that you know pretty much three quarters of the first round is going to be running backs and that's obviously going to give you the opportunity to to look towards the the wide receiver position and the value there and of course it'll also help you with that tight end position if you did decide to go that way so it it is fascinating to to see on the app and i think it's uh, along with the other work that's going on on the site the other apps and bits and pieces that are available i think like you know you have such a resource in terms of what's going on and to have somebody like mike beers uh hitting it up you know things are going going in the, uh, the right direction because um outside outside of him uh, and uh, josh herms or josh hornsby were the other one i would throw into that i think they're the two leading lights in the uh, you know the best ball community there so uh, i think there's a lot of good stuff there and we'll be talking more best ball as the the weeks roll on here but uh, to wrap things up we're going to head on a little bit of dynasty so sean here in overtime we're going to run through this one quick i mentioned at the start of the show curtis patrick has a piece up on tyler lockett and i've always been uh, kind of a tyler lockett supporter um you know since his rookie year basically and uh then he's had injury setbacks he just it hasn't all clicked into gear but the efficiency showed this year heading in uh, as we get ready for 2019 was obviously his best season was able to score touchdowns able to have an efficient catch rate uh, the one thing obviously that kept seeming to let it down was that the the seahawks just did not want to pass the ball uh, passing it i believe at the end of the season it ended up at the lowest percentage in the league so with with lockett uh, curtis is saying that he's the number one wide receiver in seattle i don't think that's a stretch at this point um but what's your thoughts on you know him as we head into 2019 do you think he can take another step and become an elite wide receiver and fit into you know more of a, a category like we've seen with a like a ty helton or even you know taking the step further starting to, to perform a little bit like a possibly an antonio brown uh, in terms of how he could perform in seattle is it or are we just going to be stuck with the, the lack of uh, opportunities in the passing game we're going to cause us to have pains if we do jump aboard that bandwagon I have Tyler Lockett on quite a few of my dynasty teams, just like you do. And he's been someone I've always targeted. Uh, Matthew Friedman, uh, our, our Rotoviz executive, uh, Rotoviz radio executive producer, obviously promoting him heavily from the first moment that he was in the NFL. He'll be very excited uh, to hear what Curtis has to say on this. I do think that there is still a, a ceiling 
in place for Lockett for exactly the reason that you mentioned. When we're trying to compare him to someone like T.Y. Hilton, not only does Hilton have a much better uh, age-adjusted profile in terms of his progression through the NFL, but he's in an offense that allows him a lot more opportunity. He's in this perfect situation with Andrew Luck where the offense is going to run through him. That's not going to be the case for Lockett, but the upside for someone in this Seattle offense when they have the capabilities that Lockett has is that they will get those touchdowns from Russell Wilson. And we tend to see the players in this offense, and we've seen this from Doug Baldwin, for example, they are going to outperform their volume. So there's a little bit of a trade-off there, at least, where he's not going to get the elite volume that's going to make him a wide receiver one, but he should be a very solid, if occasionally frustrating player because of what Russell Wilson does in that offense. Yeah, I agree with you there. And, um, you know, the, the one thing about the Seattle offense is while they don't tend to have a huge passing volume, the efficiency last year was uh, so high, but a lot of it based off that play action, which leads to some deeper passing opportunities. So I'm still very excited about Lockett. I would just like to see a little bit more volume there. And I think, uh, you know, with a quarterback like Russell Wilson, they should they should try and lean a little bit that way. But <laughs> I'm not holding my breath. But as we get ready to to wrap things up here on the show, I just want to remind the listeners as always, you can get a 30% discount to an NFL pass on rotaviz.com. It's available through the Rotoviz NFL podcast homepage. That is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast. I think, like I mentioned earlier in the show, there's no better time. The team is just it's ramping up there's so many more people getting involved in terms of uh, like the team is so talented but it's actually amazing me just how many more talented people are being added in there so get great work like sean's get stuff from curtis patrick and all the rest of the team including the apps and all the stuff dave cabin's doing as well so don't miss out 30 percent off that is rotaviz.com forward slash podcast and with that that's going to do it for today's edition of rotaviz overtime we'll be back in another two weeks with another edition of the show my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtime ireland my co-host is sean siegel who you can follow on twitter at ff underscore contrarian until we're back with the next one have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. This episode is brought to you by Decoy Wines of Sonoma, California. As you gather with family and friends this summer, experience the best of wine country with Decoy by Duckhorn. Winemaker Tyson Wolf spends every vintage focused on harvesting grapes and crafting wines from the finest vineyards. Whether it's our flagship Cabernet or crisp and refreshing Rosé, Decoy has just the wine for your discerning taste. Ask for us at your local wine shop or visit decoywines.com slash celebrate to locate our wines near you. Whether you're firing up the grill, hosting an alfresco get-together, or enjoying the warm summer nights, let Decoy by Duckhorn elevate your occasion. It's the sale you've been waiting for. Now through Monday, get a huge 50% off the styles you need now with 50% off all jeans, 50% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, 50% off. Jeans start at 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids. Want fashion in a flash? Buy online and pick up in-store for free. Hurry, the sale ends Monday at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid 829 to 9 Excludes in-store clearance, jumpsuits, rompers, bubbles, active license, and men's package tees. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. 
relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.